the swag after him, boss. And welcome to another episode of the Tutorial Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming back one more time. Thank you for joining us. And let's again jump right into it with the download. Now, last week, if you listened to last week's episode, I spoke about how I was kind of teetering with getting into Psychonauts 2 for that week, but I ultimately did not do it. Well, let me tell you, I did download Psychonauts 2 this week and played a few hours in. As someone who has never played Psychonauts 1, I did not know what I was getting myself into. I'm about two hours into this game, and it is amazing. Let me tell you, from the voice acting to the control mechanics, uh, it's it's really rare that you get a, a platformer like this that has such polish. And it's just, the dialogue is great. Again, the voices, voice acting is just, it is such a fun game. I am, I was pleasantly surprised. Now, I am very familiar with Tim Schafer, the creative director of Double Fine, who created the game and his body of work dating back to a LucasArts days. So I know of his reputation and pedigree, but I can't say that I've ever really played one of his games or had a desire to. A lot of those LucasArts point-and-click games just never ever attracted me to play them and even the original Psychonauts I attempted to or thought about downloading an original one off Xbox Game Pass when it they put it up a few weeks to months ago in anticipation for the release of Psychonauts 2 but I resisted I'm like I oh, know I'm not going to get into that game right now but I downloaded Psychonauts 2 and let me tell you this. Yes, I downloaded it on Game Pass, but this game is so good, I am tempted to purchase it. And I mean, I want to go out and purchase a physical copy because one, this is one of those games where it's you're not going to get uh, half a game on a disc and have to download the rest. Like the full game is going to be on a disc because of the nature of this game. And that's one of the things I, I hate about our uh, current gaming culture is that companies ship games halfway and then you gotta download everything else I'm like what's the point of buying the disc especially if you cannot play the disc unless you're connected to the internet or at least have some sort of update before you play it's absolutely ridiculous in my opinion but I digress Psychonauts 2 is just great it is so good I want a Psychonauts series like there really needs to be a cartoon series or even a animated movie based on the Psychonauts universe. It is that good. So if you are into action platformers and you want something that is, one, fun for all ages and something that will make you think as well with puzzles that are, I wouldn't say difficult, but are fair and just something you're going to have fun playing, Psychonauts 2 should be to the top of your list. And one of the great things about Psychonauts 2 is that before Microsoft purchased Double Fine, Psychonauts 2 was funded via Kickstarter, which means it's not just on Xbox platforms. I believe it's on, it's on PlayStation Floor as well, and I'm not sure if it's on Switch or not. It probably is because that's a perfect game to play on the Switch, but you're definitely going to get your best experience 
on the Xbox series of platforms. So I would say if you are a fan of these sort of games, even if you aren't, get it. It is it is that good. I, I've talked about a lot of games on this podcast over the past few months, and I don't think I've ever said that you need to get this game. This is a game that is just fun. It is fun and is accessible for everybody, and it's fun for the whole family. Even if you are someone who is very much into Call of Duty and those hardcore shooters, you will laugh and you will just find so much joy in playing this game. I don't think I've ever really talked about finding joy in playing a game uh, like this, but it's that's how high I am on this game. So if you've seen any reviews about this game and the glowing... Um, adoration that's being thrown to this game it's worth it believe the hype so Psychonauts 2 is a definite recommend um, if you have Game Pass definitely download it and purchase and, and play it if you don't have Game Pass in another system buy it. it it is worth the full price I believe full price is $49.99 I don't think it's a $59.99 game I may be wrong but again Psychonauts 2 is a gem that needs to be played so happy times with Psychonauts 2 and then sad times uh, recently as of a couple of days ago the world lost Michael K. Williams Michael K. Williams is a, a renowned actor who for me I was first introduced to with The Wire as someone who was born and raised to in Baltimore uh, while The Wire and The Corner preceded it were not the best uh, depictions of the city that I grew up in. It was realistic and I watched every week because even though I was no longer home, I could see a bit of home every week while watching that show. And one of the standout characters from that show was Omar, played by Michael K. Williams. And one of the best things about it was the fact that he was this character that was feared. He was this character that was, I wouldn't say the epitome of a gangster or that masculine tough guy, but I guess to some extent he was, but he was this openly gay man. And in that sort of setting, that character, that's, that's something you've seen in a character like that before. And that's one of the things that I think why Omar resonated because it helped to, in some cases, really dispel stereotypes or at least have people to question stereotypes about gay men in the black community. Because let's be frank, even before then, most uh, depictions of gay men had not were not in that sort of hyper-masculine sort of setting as the drug world of The Wire uh, before then. And he and that character really helped to break barriers, in my opinion. That was just a testament to how good of an actor he was. And it's sad to say he was because he tragically lost his life to a, a drug overdose this past week. And he's had a lot of other accolades since then. He's uh, was on uh, Bulwark Empire. He was recently on Lovecraft Country. Uh, so he's uh, he had a very, uh, I wouldn't say stoic career, but he's had, had a career that took him from being a backup dancer to being one of the most, uh, if not acclaimed, respected actors in the game. So he passed away, and it, it's sad because 
if you're from Baltimore, I mean, Omar was like that epitome of the wire and an epitome of the grittiness, but also the heart of the city in, in that character. So it's it's sad to see uh, this man pass away in, in such a, I won't say tragic, but sudden and heartbreaking way. It truly was a, a light that was extinguished far too soon. So uh, rest in peace, Michael K. Williams. And moving on to other media platforms, when we're talking about not death in regards to realistic death, but death in regards to the Marvel Universe. And what if episode five? Man. Now, if you remember, I wasn't high up on the last episode with Doctor Strange, but it kept that bleak theme going. In this case, episode five was all about zombies so in this case the zombie universe or the marvel uh universe had become zombified and if you do not want to hear spoilers on this episode skip ahead but spoilers are coming in five four three two one okay so the episode starts where we see literally the opening when the opening scenes of infinity war where hulk is cast down through the Bifrost to Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorium to let him know that Thanos is coming. Well, when Bruce gets up, no one is there. So he finds clothes and he comes outside and you get the two, um, I forget their names, henchmen of uh, Thanos that are there just like in the Marvel Universe in the um, Infinity War. But then you see Iron Man show up and Doctor Strange and Wong, but something's not White, right and then you see they start devouring Thanos' minions after they beat them and come to find out they're zombies and then the uh, I forget the Doctor Strange's cloak saves Banner or is attempting to save Banner until he is then rescued by the last bastion or one of the last bastions of, of freedom fighters they are comprised of the Wasp Spider-Man Courier Bucky and a few others and let me tell you that was one of the best zombie TV shows I've seen in a while I've stopped watching long, The Walking Dead a long time ago but it was so intense it was it was awesome the explanation of the virus so basically the virus originated in a quantum realm and Hank Pym was uh, infected trying to find his wife uh, Janet and he brought it back so that was the spread in the spread very quickly, but they was able to, and, and I was surprised how it was able to really encapsulate a lot of these zombie tropes, but they really displayed them in ways you didn't see coming. Like I didn't see the whole vision angle coming. And I'll jump ahead just a little bit, but the, the character voice actors were great. Uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, returned again, so I think, I don't know if this is his last performance. I, I'm hoping maybe we'll get one or two episodes with him voicing Black Panther again. I know it's selfish, but it's just, it's so good to sit here him as Black Panther, um, even though he's no longer here with us. Uh, but many of the other voice actors returned. Um, Sebastian Shaw was back, uh, not Sebastian Shaw, um, 
whatever Bucky's name is, I forget. Uh, Sebastian Stan, that's right. Sebastian Shaw is X-Men. Uh, and uh, many other folks, even uh, Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner. But it was just great. And the whole trope of, you know how in zombie movies you always have that that character that you find that you think is going to help you, but you come to find out that, no, they really have their uh, zombified loved one in captivity and they are secretly feeding uh, that zombified loved one uh, fresh human beings. Well, yeah, that ended up being a vision. So I didn't see that coming. So you had that sort of subverted twist on the whole WandaVision trope where Vision uh, did things because of his love for Wanda even though he knew wasn't right in comparison with WandaVision you had Wanda who had that mental break because of her love for Vision and losing him so that dynamic was there as well and even Vision being able to find a way to possibly cure it but it just like true zombie movie fashion you see our heroes get away those that are left with Black Panther and Peter and I forget who else was on the plane uh, to go back to Wakanda to try to use this uh, the mind stone to cure everyone only to see that within the barrier of Wakanda there are a bunch of zombified people with a zombified Thanos with four five of the Infinity Gems in that gauntlet so it is if you are a fan of the uh, Dawn of Dead remake that bleak ending fits right in with that. I saw someone who had a meme where they described the episode as uh, one part Training Busan, one part Avengers, and one part World War Z. That's exactly what it's like. I think that this is the best episode that they have done thus far. And I was pleasantly surprised because I did not know how this episode was going to go so that is my take on what if episode five zombies if you have not watched it watch it you will not be disappointed and with that note we're going to take a break and come back with some extra goodies for this week including our fragments of the week And we're back from the break. Let's take a journey back in time to the year 1999. It was my junior year going into my senior year of college. And if you listened before, you know who I'm speaking of. William Mapp said to me, E, E, you gotta see this movie. Gotta see this movie. The movie in question was The Matrix. So the next day, we went to see The Matrix, and if any of you listening to this, when you saw The Matrix for the first time, especially if you saw it in theaters for the first time in 1999, you know that that movie blew everyone away. And from that point on, I became a fan. I saw all three movies in the theater. I at one time owned the Animatrix uh, series on DVD. And I just thought that the world and the very idea that we all could be living in a matrix while elements of that story are not new in science fiction. The Wachowskis did it, especially the first one, beautifully. 
Yes, some of the CGI, especially in the second and third one, don't hold up well by today's standards. But that first movie is a classic that will stand the test of time. And just the story and the characters, you couldn't help but be invested as you win it. Now, we here we are 21, 22 years later, and a fourth Matrix, the Matrix Resurrections, is upon us. And at the time of this recording, the trailer dropped today. And I have to tell you, I'm excited. I'm excited to go back into this world again. I even played the Enter the Matrix game as so, so bad what it was. I never got into the Matrix online, but that's how deep I was into the Matrix back in the day. And the movie looks great, but I am confused. Uh, there are many aspects of that movie which makes no sense if you've seen all three of the previous movies. For instance, how is Neo back in the Matrix? How is Trinity back in the Matrix? How are they still alive? How are, how if uh, Yaya's character is Morpheus, how is he younger? You know, there's so many things to ask to, to be explained. That's even if the route that they're going is exactly what I'm thinking of. I am fascinated by the number of questions that I have from this trailer about what the actual movie is about and what is going on and what happened to this character. Are these really Neo and Trinity? There are some, especially with a mirror image of Neo that he sees that is not really him. So it's just one of those things where I'm excited to see where this movie goes when it comes out. So it's really awesome to know that that's coming out in the next few months and you'll be able to see it either in theaters or on HBO Max. So that's my reaction to The Matrix Resurrections. I'm excited. I'm pumped. How about you? Now, The Matrix is one of those movies that, especially at the time, really influenced style. And I wouldn't say everyone is dressed like The Matrix, but you saw a lot of elements of The Matrix and its style translate into sort of general consciousness and, and what people wore in certain sects. Obviously, 99, 2000, especially in, in when I was in college and everything, a lot of people were going to throwback jerseys and so on and so forth. So not quite with that crowd, but you did see it. And it's hard to believe that summer is literally just about over. And we have to start thinking about fall. And I always say, when I think about fall, I think about winter. But you definitely know it's fall when you go into the stores, especially some of the larger box stores like Sam's. And you see Halloween costumes. And also when you see pumpkin spice Every doggone thing everywhere you go starting the second week of, of August, you know fall is coming. It's like it smacks you in the face. So unfortunately, we have to think about how we change up our wardrobe for fall because, you know, polos, short, short sleeve tees, shorts, uh, those unlined blazers aren't really going to cut it in the fall, especially as the temperatures start to drop. And one of the essentials I think that every gentleman should have in their wardrobe uh, for the fall is a zip up 
half zip sweater so it's like a v-neck but you just zip it up in the front and it's I find them to be very versatile when it comes to something that I can dress up and dress down and one of the things that I hope that you've gotten from uh, this podcast when I talk about style I try to really recommend and talk about items that are going to be versatile uh, no one I don't think anyone wants to buy an item for one thing or to use it for one purpose or one scenario unless it's a tuxedo I think that's that's the only thing that you should be buying that you only use it for one sort of occasion uh, I think that a wardrobe should be versatile that way you can get as much use out of it as you want to again that cost per wear equation that I talked about a long time ago you want to pay as little money as possible to get the maximum amount of wear as possible and if you pay $25 for an item and you wear it twice a year you know that's $14.50 per wear you know if you wear it in one year before it goes out compared to if you're able to wear something multiple times multiple occasions throughout the year and you paid the same amount well this half um zipper sweater is one that i i personally use especially going from the fall into the winter it's good to dress up i wear with a suit when i was going into an office uh very able to prominently display your tie and your shirt underneath uh, especially depending on the jacket or blazer or suit you win can match it very well with that as well it's very good for casual uh, also you kind of do business casual as well with that instead of wearing your jacket and, and just wearing your shirt and no tie you know it's it's one of those items where you can get them also in different thicknesses as well so you get thin ones and thick ones especially the thick ones are going to come more into play as the temperature drops as you get later in fall inching closer into winter so that is my recommendation for the fall gentlemen of uh, the first of our style essentials we're going to be talking about throughout the month of september we are going to look at different items in your wardrobe that i think would be very beneficial very essential to you as we move into the fall season so the first one is the half zip sweater now we cannot talk about style unless we talk about the fragrance of the week now this week fragrance of the week is from the well-known house of Giorgio Armani and it is a flanker of the Aqua Di Gio line in this case is Aqua Di Gio Profundo and this fragrance was released in 2020 and it is described as an aquatic fresh scent let's break down the notes and then I'll give you my impression so with the top you have bergamot and then Brazilian green mandarin orange and then aquazone now i was like what is aquazone so aquazone is an ingredient which gives the fragrance a aquamarine scent and then you have middle notes of rosemary lavender cypress and mastic absolute and mastic absolute from what i've read gives a very uh calming sort of effect if i've read that correctly and then in our base we have mineral amber Guatemalan patchouli and musk. Now let me tell you, off the top, that Aquazone does its duty. It gives you the business of giving this fragrance a very aquatic uh, scent, and uh, it's. I really enjoy it. Um, I'm not as familiar with the Aquazone line as many others, 
but I've never heard anything but good things about the line as a whole, especially um, Aqua Dijo and Aqua Dijo Profundo, I believe it is. So I've, I've always heard good things. So I expected something pretty decent when I was able to get a sample of this. And the aquatic is, is really great. It's definitely something that leans to the spring and fall, excuse me, spring and summer. As far as fragrance is concerned, I cannot see myself wearing this. Um, at least in the late fall, definitely not the winter. It, it really doesn't uh, do it justice there. It is just, just like it says, it's a fresh aquatic scent. And I love really how it really melts and fades into that sort of spicy, um, spicy, mostly not really spicy, but you know, the spice of the rosemary and the calmness of the lavender. Uh, I don't get too much of the cypress and the max is absolute, but that lavender really is good for me. And then you have mineral amber, gualamon, chuli, and musk in the base. The musk is not overly strong in my opinion. So I think it's one of those fragrances where it really starts out really fresh and it kind of mellows out and you get a nice uh, subtle must at the base so it's one of those fragrances that I like it again spring summer wouldn't recommend it for the fall we can recommend it for the winter but it's definitely one that if you pick it up and you're looking for fragrances really fresh and fun uh, casual you can wear it for the office but definitely not on a formal occasion this one will definitely do it for you so that's it for another episode of the Sartorian Geek Podcast by Webster Style where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I've been your host, Webster Style. Feel free to find us on the web at WebsterStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at WebsterStyle and Sartorial Geek. Find us on Twitter at WebsterStyle. And always drop us an email at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Thank you again for joining us. Remember, stay safe out there. I mean, I can change. I thought, never mind, forget it. I'm a Jenny, Jenny, Miffany, Muffin, if any key when it comes to the killing spree, aka that's an ensemble. Are you the enemy if you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge. Besides, I really left them clothes on them legs. Strong, we can lift him to the sky. The party starts at 12. Get we it. got a little time, hey, time, hey, time to get hey, it on. Get and no fact, I'm the type of person on. And after that, take a picture with the phone of the outfit. Omit, I'm choosing what we on. Now it was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear... Oh, Miss Million, them heels killing on, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp, babe. Acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday. Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the wrist game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchased. Pick a color scheme that can match a very corset. Seems. Chicks be looking thick leggings, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know.
take a hint, no. Don't try to get me at a moment. Moment, though. Smoking hot, rocking this pen. So thin, tie hairline, looking like a stint. So pimp, no lie, I'm sharper than the utensil. Instrumental, plain dang, homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang bang, honey. See them plain James, honey. Get them lame friends, honey. We tell it bit of crazy like that thing came on me. Hey, mommy. Look a lady, main thing. Want me on the scene. Fit popping like a main vein. Running blood color, lip smashing with the hand. Clutch money, holding back. Kind of funny. Can you tell me what's the project of the range? Rover. Hang on me. When we walking, looking goosey like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a limp like an ankle sprang on me. Yeah, I rocked the cardigan. She don't really want me because one man should have all that style. Take it out. Clothes on the floor. Oh, you want to say, oh, I completely read that wrong.